Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. I got vibe on it. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? You know what? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing very, very well. We've got uh, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff happening over here. In fact, you know, actually, I need to kind of share some uh, information, a little bit of personal information at the top of the show. And before I do that, I want to let everyone who's listening for the first time know uh, we don't typically do that. We don't typically spend too much of the uh, the time. This is a show, the show about the Flash. This is a okay. show about the Flash. We don't talk about ourselves and 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 all that much. Our personalities come out and our love for this character and this this series. Uh, but, but I do, you know, I, th- there's a reason why I have to address this. So man, for the last, uh, couple of months here, I've been working on producing a play. It's actually an immersive play that I've written and, uh, I may have made mention of it on the, the podcast before, but we now have a director. We now have a cast. Uh, we now have a location. We now have dates. It is a, uh, it's a closed, uh, you know, it's, it's a very kind of a, a workshop type of uh, a run that we're, we're going to that's by invitation only. But uh, regardless, man, we have just started rehearsals. And those rehearsals, unfortunately, are going to bump right up against my ability to live tweet uh, the episodes of The Flash from now until crisis. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I hate that because live tweeting each episode is so much fun. You know, getting to interact with many of y'all over Twitter during the episodes and, uh, and the fun that kind of comes out of that. It's uh, it's it's honestly, it's one of my favorite aspects of watching the show, but I will not be able to do that. So sometimes, perhaps Bell will be taking the wheel, uh, but more than likely, we might just end up being kind of silent on the Flash TV Talk uh, Twitter handle until the next morning when I'm playing catch up through the CW app. <laughs> I will try. Uh, it's it's just one of those things where like I usually cook on Tuesdays, and yeah. so it's hard to. Because the antenna is on the TV upstairs, and I don't have one downstairs, and so I can't watch it live while I'm cooking. And even you then, with your like multiple fl- floor house, that's uh, I know in my my super fancy media room. I know. So well, here's the deal: it's uh, one way or the other. Um, you know, if if you are interested, at the very end of the episode, I'll, I'll share a little bit more about. Uh, the play, but I don't want to get let that get in the way of uh, talking what we came here to talk about. First, we would not be here without the support of our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash TV talk. Uh, if you've been enjoying this podcast and you have not yet considered becoming a patron, do so. Just consider it. And if you do it, awesome. But but go over to patreon.com slash TV talk. Find out about some of the great rewards if you do. Uh, also, we want to let make sure y'all are aware we are still on for the Flash TV Talk Crisis House Party. Uh, regardless of uh, scheduling conflicts for live tweeting, the one episode that I will in fact be live tweeting because I will be with <laughs> Bell And, and I will be too. <laughs> That's right. We will be together. We will be in Austin. And uh, yeah, tickets are on sale. TVTalk.fm. Uh, there's a big banner for it. But uh, 60 bucks, December 10th, August, uh, rather Austin, Texas is the area, 6 p.m. until whenever, food, drinks, watch party, live podcast, all that kind of great stuff. Let's ring in the crisis together and cry or celebrate. We don't know what the tone of the room will be, but we will find out when we get there. <laughs> Again, details at tvtalks.fm. All right, man, I think that is all the housekeeping out of the way up front. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right, man, let's jump into The Rundown. The, the Rundown. rundown. Episode 5 of Season 6, Kiss Kiss Breach Breach, directed by Minaj Huda and story by Kelly Wheeler and Joshua V. Gilbert. Belle, what happened to this episode? Well, Barry and Iris go on vacation, leaving Cisco in charge of the team. Joe tracks Nash to a sewer, but the two become trapped until they are rescued by Ralph. On the hunt for blood work, Caitlin is offered by Ramsey to join him, but declines. Meanwhile, Breacher travels to Earth-1 and informs Cisco of Cynthia's murder by a hacker she had been hunting named Echo. Cisco decides to help Breacher, only to discover that Cisco himself was the murderer. Breacher then gives Cisco an hour to turn himself into the Collectors, but Cisco tricks the Collectors into arresting a hologram of himself, and then travels to Earth-19, where he confronts Echo, who reveals he had used Cisco's face to frame him. 
After a confrontation, Echo is arrested, and Breacher apologizes to Cisco for not having faith in him. Later, Barry and Iris return, where they have been informed of Gypsy's death, as Cisco states that the service is next week. Finally, Nash tells the team that he has found a way to save Barry from his impending death. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. Kiss, kiss, breach, breach. Uh, return of Danny Trejo. Uh, yes. Always, 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 always pleasure to see him on the show. Yes. Always uh, a, a huge, a huge get. Uh, very excited whenever he gets a chance to, um, to come on. Um, all right, so I like being positive about this show, man. I love I love talking and getting geeked out and everything else. And, you know, like I really enjoy coming together and, and talking and getting hyped. But this is definitely like in the category of they can't all be winners because honestly, man, I almost fell asleep while you were reading the description. <laughs> I know that's terrible, but man, did you, what did you think overall before we dive into the different story arcs and you know the implications here? I mean. You know, I, I just, I tried, man. I mean, immediately afterwards, I kind of had a, like a, well, what was this? And then I thought, well, let me stew on it. And the more I've stewed on it, I'm like, okay, on to the next one. This was, this was what it was. But what, what did you think, man? Well, so, it, you know, it was, it was, it was a moment of character growth for Cisco that I don't think that he needed. Like at the beginning when he made the berry, I was kind of like, why? I actually liked the Barry. That's the one thing I liked about this episode. I mean, sure, like it was cute. And and it, was, it was kind of funny and stuff, but like, I, it's it just I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like Cisco's first response would be let's make an AI that would tell me what to do. Uh, okay, so let's let's stick with this though, okay? Because I, like I said, I actually did really really like the Barry. Um, because to me, man, this is how they're gonna deal with uh, t- like no Tony Stark in the future of the MCU. We're gonna have a T-O-N-I, you know, dot, dot, dot in between <laughs> uh, AI if they need to bring in uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s voiceover. If, if, the, if the money's not there for phase four, <laughs> I just have a feeling that's going to happen. But I actually, this makes a whole lot of sense, right? We know that Barry, his mindset has been about preparing a world, uh, you know, preparing the world for a world without Flash. And it's also really nice that even though we didn't get to spend time with them, that Barry and Iris are taking this time to spend time with each other. You know, like they've got one of the uh, strongest relationships on television. It's it's a really, you know, it's a beautiful marriage they've got. And so, you know, taking a, a step back, you know, it, of course it gives the opportunity for some of these side characters and these side stories to take front and center stage, which on some occasions can be a really great opportunity to enjoy some of these stories and give through a new light. Um, but no, it makes sense that a an AI Barry at least as kind of like a bridge from after Barry's death until the new team kind of, you know, finds their stride uh, does make sense. I will say though, bell, when they talked about how the AI would make decisions that Barry would make on how to handle situations, I thought it was just going to start feeding like really bad ideas. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> It's like kill no, the intruders. Bash, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what, what it was, you know, like, like, a, uh, uh, not falsely imprisoned, but like, you know, in, uh, suspend habeas corpus and just like yes. imprison people for no reason. Exactly. Lock him in the basement. Uh, except for captain cold, let him go for no reason. Whatsoever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he, but he promised not to kill anymore because he has killed and we've watched that happen, but now he's okay. And that's yeah. what the Barry AI would figure out as well. So I, I, I thought they might go with that route, but they didn't. And that's okay. The Barry AI was very cute as well. Um, I, I, for one, would love a Barry to replace uh, Alexa in some in some situations. You know, have a, have kind of a, a rename of Alexa or something of that nature. Now, she, you know, obviously he can't replace Siri because, of course, the iPhone not flash compliant. But uh, Android um, and alternative devices are good. They all use iPhones, though, on the show. No, they can't, man. It's not Flash compliant. I mean, I get the joke you're going for, but I'm, yeah, I mean, don't you break my joke, man. Don't the you actors break my- <laughs> use Flash and they use Apple phones like on the nah, show. <laughs> no, nah, man, those are Star Labs. Uh, that's Star Tech right there. That's, oh, OK. Uh, See, it's just it's just uh, there's no Apple on the CW verse Earth. And so they're able to use an Apple for the Star Tech. Uh, exactly. Logo. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the Barry AI, you thought that was kind of um that worked for me. It didn't as much work for you. Although, although I, I do hope that we actually get a chance to see it more. It's interesting to me that we get a separate AI created by Cisco as opposed to the AI created by Barry, right? Like Gideon theoretically would also be an AI that they would have at their disposal for future situations. Maybe Barry is where Barry got the idea to make Gideon, even though he already knows Gideon exists. And so therefore that gave him the idea. But maybe this is the idea that 
actually, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> no, they've already, I mean, like, that's the thing. They, it was kind of a blink and you miss it. We've talked about this on previous episodes that they closed that loophole with Barry making Gideon a few episodes back. But I mean, I think the, you know, the idea here is that Gideon's probably wherever Barry goes, theoretically, uh, Gideon would go with him. I mean, one well, imagines that mobile Gideon unit thing or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, at some point Gideon could potentially be stolen by Eobard. Obviously this Gideon came from Eobard, but it also came from Barry. And so we, Gideon is essentially existing as a time paradox. And perhaps that makes sense with kind of the coding, especially if let's say the code was written in the, you know, the speed force language or something of that nature. Um, which actually makes a lot of sense. I don't know why I didn't just, I, I'm just now thinking about this, but, um, but yeah, anyway, enough with the AIs. So vibe <laughs> is trying to, uh, he's got dreams that he's trying to kill somebody because he got rid of his, uh, powers. And so Danny Trejo's here because they killed freaking gypsy, man. Why do they kill gypsy? Well, and they didn't even have the, uh, the actress on screen. No, like, is it, they just, just couldn't get her back. So they killed her. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I guess they're just tying up loose ends or something like that. And then eh, we're never going to use Gypsy again. So let's just go ahead and get rid of her character. What is up with that? Look, look. So so Cisco's girlfriend, who apparently he loves, even though we know nothing about this, this, this woman. We, like, She's a photographer. OK, fine. She's a photographer. She's on the Insta Slam. Uh, she likes art. She loves Cisco. And she's just like, but her entire character development has just been be Cisco's girlfriend. You know, like, like everything and just be Cisco's girlfriend and that's it. And so yet somehow we're going to kill gypsy for her, uh, to, I guess, strengthen their relationship. Well, okay. Hold on. Like she did do some stuff this episode as far as like, you know, she, she was able to uh, follow along and like, you know, read the monitors and figure out where the, uh, the, the, the explodey dusty device was. And, um, you know, that's it, not character development. What I'm saying, look, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that <laughs> we need character development from her because, you know, God knows we've got so many characters on the show already. <laughs> so yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not asking for, for an arc here. I'm not necessarily asking for more of this character. I just think that maybe, you know, they could have easily broken off off sta- off screen, you know, like, like somewhere to the side and it could be a throwaway line. Oh yeah, no, she, you know, it, it just didn't work out. And I don't think anybody would bat an eye. Nobody. And I think I can say this. Now you um, let me know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it. Nobody is shipping these guys. Nobody is shipping Cisco and Cisco's girlfriend, whose name I don't even remember. Bell. <laughs> Look, uh, I can guarantee you that there that there is uh, some someone somewhere is shipping them. Uh, second off, no one. Uh, I, I refuse to believe that anyone would just like you know be like, oh, he just broke up with her, whatever, and then not raise the question of, um, didn't he give up his powers for this girl? Like that. That's a that would be a huge. He gave Problem. up his powers for himself. Like that was all it was. It was more about the context. Like again, and this is more of a criticism of the fact that she never really had her own arc. So she's, she's never really been anything other than a plot point. And so like him giving up his powers was more of the desire of a normal life. So she represented to him a normal life. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I think that I easily think they could have broken off off screen in a throwaway line and nobody would have batted a nine. I don't know, but it, it wasn't for a normal life. It was for her because he doesn't have a normal life because he's still on Team Flash. There's nothing normal about that at all. Well, yeah, oh no, that's I mean that's a criticism for last season, and I mean we've we've already talked about that that we weren't we weren't a big fan obviously of Cisco's arc last season, and you know the kind of the way they they kind of brought him down a couple of pegs, and it seemed like he was gone, but now he's not. And you know, Bell, I mean, we know from the Flash forward, if you if you want to call it that, that. At some point during the crisis, uh, Cisco will suit up like that. That's like practically guaranteed. Yeah. 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 And I mean, this isn't a spoiler. We're talking about specifically what has been seen on screen when Barry hooked up to Jay's helmet and he saw all the multiple timelines. We saw very specifically his timeline, which was Cisco in the full vibe costume. Yes. So we know he's going to be vibe again. And (laughs) I mean, you know, whether or not he needs his powers for that is perhaps another question altogether, because obviously here he's getting around fairly easy. He's created a little uh, disc that jumps from earth to earth. Everybody's got one. Supergirl's got one. Apparently Diggle's got one. Uh, he's got one. So, you know, his powers aren't, I guess, required. Well, that uh, breaching isn't, isn't his only power. Like I don't, I don't, the disc doesn't allow him to, you know, shoot vibe waves or yeah. anything like that. Um, 
It also doesn't like it, but but uh, so so there's two powers that have been replaced with tech and, and one is opening breaches and the other is uh, getting vibes from objects because he's able to do that now with, you know, his his white noise machine. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so and, that's, and th- but those, that's the thing, like he could do that, right? Like technically speaking, all of his powers, his entire power set can be recreated through tech, which likely will be recreated through tech eventually. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a thing where, because uh, the, the the one line where the uh, when Breacher was talking about um, uh, was it like vibe madness or Breacher madness or, or what did what did he call it? Oh, I yeah, I I don't even remember. And I know I'm going to get flack for that. Like, oh, they don't even pay attention to the thing. Like, no, I it just it just got a little. Well, the the, the name the name of the condition isn't very relevant so much as it is the uh the condition itself right so sure. breacher is saying that if you suppress your powers you get the breacher madness and um he said his powers were canceled we later find out that the um uh the, the the white noise machine was hacked to give him uh the the illusion that there's the breacher madness going on but i wonder if that's not setting something up in the in the future for him to actually have that condition because maybe it's something you know uh Granted, his powers are supposed to be uh, removed with the cure. Maybe right, the cure right. didn't work. I don't know. But but then but then that opens up you know huge problems with last season and all the people that got the cure. So I don't know. Um, I, I feel well, like if they are going to bring the his same powers, thing that they did with like uh, what X Men three, right? Like, oh, this cured everybody, and you know Magneto got the cure, but then stay after the credits, and he's wiggling around the metal piece on the chessboard. Yeah. So, so yeah. the movie didn't matter. Like, you know, it's it's a cure stories are a bad idea. Like, yes. like they have never, ever been a good idea. And if again, I'm making a lot of bold uh, statements, so I'm willing to be proven wrong on, on everything that I'm, I'm stating uh, so broadly here. But um, but yeah, no, I thought I think that was a that was a bad play last year and they're going to have to kind of undo it this year. And to some extent, they already are. But anyway, with tech, with tech or maybe with breach sickness who knows yeah but they killed gypsy and they shouldn't have killed gypsy and i'm not shipping this ship and i don't think anything's shipping this ship and i hate it so (laughs) (laughs) i mean i hate being negative on this podcast man because i love this show but dang man they did not have to kill gypsy Um, yeah i I mean why why like what was what was the point i i have no idea like I, you could you could come up with any other explanation for what's going on. We got Danny Trejo, but we couldn't get Gypsy. Like like why why? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out like what's what is what is the end result of Gypsy's death? That Cisco now feels like there's no competition for this relationship with Cisco's girlfriend, whose name I don't even remember. I mean, I, I feel like it was to make Cisco grow somehow, and I, I feel like his line at the end where he's saying like you know. Uh, is it normal to, you know, hang on so much, right? And and you know his whole bit about how like we didn't end up together, but um, she made me in she she prepared me for the person I would be with forever. She turned me into the man I am today, kind of thing, you know. Yeah, she didn't have to die for that though. You no, know, she didn't. Like, she did. That's the thing. Like she just didn't have to die for that. Um, At least not anyway. off screen. Like have her die in some kind of other way. Yeah, I don't. I that odd odd situation. It was. In, I will say this. It, it you know I do like the the concept of Earth nineteen. I wish we could spend more time there. You know the the fact that there is kind of this breach force that uh, goes around to handle these uh, multiversal or you know uh, time or not uh, um, Earth jumpers, so to speak. Um, very cool. I, I like I like that concept. Even just like when they were saying, "Oh, we're going to go to the uh, visitation on Earth 19 I was like, "Well, can we all go? Because that, that would be awesome." <laughs> well, that's that's going to be the next uh, spinoff show. It, it, after, after the crisis, you know, after the season of Flash, they're going to have just like they did with Legends, but it's going to be Breach Force, and it's going to be like Cisco, Cisco's girlfriend, and I don't know, like some other people, and they're going to go around and stop Breachers. Yeah, Danny Trejo, make Danny Trejo a series regular on Breach Force. Breach and- Force. That sounds actually, you know what? That sounds actually amazing. Uh, I know. You, you get the accelerated man. They need to cast somebody for it, but that, that would be great. Yeah. Be great. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that was that. Um, Cisco did get a chance to literally confront himself. Uh, so, you know, we've had Sadsco, we've had Cisco. Now we have Emosco, uh, otherwise known as Echo. Dude, you know, I really I'm, liked Echo. Uh, I thought, yeah. Well, yeah. so uh, I, I liked Cisco's portrayal of the character. It was so different from his other Cisco. 
You mean Carlos? Yeah. No, I mean, it, it was sorry. It, yeah. Very, obviously very different. Um, you know, and we've seen this before, like with reverb, uh, uh you know, in, in really uh, the multiple doppelgangers that we've seen throughout the history of the show, these actors are really, really good at, uh, taking, taking the characters that we know and love and tweaking them in a slight way to get something incredibly different. And that's certainly the case with echo. Um, uh, you know, somebody who is a good match for Cisco, it kind of, pr- I guess perhaps proved to him, his own self to some extent that he does not need his powers, right? Because he was able to take on a powered version of himself. Um, and so that was, that was great. Uh, yeah. Echo versus Cisco. I got five on it. <laughs> it's also neat that there's this, you know, underground market of uh, people who basically go and get doppelgangers. Like they, they ruin the doppelgangers lives so they can assume their place or something, which is kind yeah. of interesting. No, it's, it's an interesting concept. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think at this point, aside from Wells, does that make it that we've seen more Cisco's than anybody well, else? Echo like, technically wasn't a Cisco. Echo just took mean? Cisco's face. Well, okay. So if we're going to consider Eobard Thawne as a Wells, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Oh uh, yeah. Well, I just, I guess it depends. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't consider Eobard a Wells because he's not. No, a Wells. He's that's, Eobard. That's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, yeah. So, so like, the, yeah. So I, I, I think, you know, we've definitely seen more Wells than we have Harry or the Cisco. Yeah. So Joe, on on the other hand, uh, still kind of holds a little grudge uh, against anybody who has the face of a Wells, um, which is Wellsist, by the way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, because it can't just be the Wells doppelgangers. It's got to be somebody who, like Eobard, still paints a negative picture on all Wells ultimately. Because like even even with Harry, I don't know that we've ever seen a Harrison Wells that has any kind of like dark ulterior motive right yeah they yeah maybe so they're they're just going based so so joe joe is just kind of going based off of his relationship with eobard uh which by the way so we get one of my favorite favorite scenarios that we see on television which is when you get two characters uh that are kind of trapped underground or trapped in a room kind of a a bottle episode-esque for them to kind of work through some stuff why they chose these two characters right now for that concept, I, I have no idea because that's the, like the, these two guys don't even know each other. They met each other for the first time in this scenario and they don't really get a chance to know each other. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, the circumstances surrounding it were weird. We, we got a nice moment from it. Um, <sighs> we're, we're but like it, it, every, everything. The only reason that was there was so that uh, Nash can find out that they know who the monitor is and that they they get it. And that they could be useful to him. That was the whole purpose of that entire scene. Um, I don't know why it had to be Joe. Um, maybe because Joe does have more insight than anyone else who was available at the time. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, Ralph doesn't really know what's going on. Um, <laughs> when does he ever? Yeah, that's true. And, uh, I mean, who else? Who else? It's Cisco. Cisco had his own plot line going on at the moment. It wasn't going to work. Um I don't know. It, I, yeah. It, it's it, a bad it, episode. It's just a bad episode. The B plot was, was, you know, like I said, I love the concept, but like these two characters are not the characters to put in that scenario. Um, you know, what would be kind of interesting. Like put, put like frost and, and Iris in that scenario, you know? And like, like let's unpack some stuff going back from like season one. Um, you know, like, like let's put, uh, you know, let's get let's get e- uh, gosh Eobard and Barry in that scenario. Well, it, it doesn't like that's that's fantastic. Let's get let's get um, actually Joe and Eobard would be fantastic for sure. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm talking about specifically HG Eobard. Like that would have been fantastic because these are two men that kind of have this paternal relationship with Barry. Except it's you know obviously one is very dark and twisted and the other one is very fatherly. Uh, and that would have been fantastic. But like with Nash, really. Well, yeah, but again, the whole purpose of that was not so that those two characters could get to know one another and like come to grips with themselves. I mean, maybe it was because, you know, of Joe's uh, uh, just suspicion of all Wells' is, yeah. but I feel like the main thing there was for Nash, and it was for Nash to realize that, okay, these guys know about the monitor, so cool, I, I can 
work with save him, Barry, but we all know he's not going to be the one that saves Barry. So like, again, like this was just weak sauce. And like, I, to be honest, I don't even really want to talk about this episode that much more because I, I really just don't want to dump on it. Like, like this is, I, I love this series. I know it's capable of better. I know we're heading to bigger and better things. This one was very much a filler episode. And I do want to say this though, bell, like they have over the last few episodes, taken the opportunity to do smaller stories where they take a look at very like smaller portions of the cast and, and, and smaller portions of the characters. And that concept I am all for. Uh, and even like these characters, I think are really good characters to spend some time with and unpack. I just don't think these were the right stories for it. And, you know, I think that probably kind of falls a little bit on the writers there because they, there's great material here. Um, why y'all chose to go with these stories. I don't know. Um, but y'all, y'all, y'all are capable of better. And I think it's okay. Just to kind of leave it and move on. But before we do bell, do you have any other positive things to say about this? Cause I do want to try to leave it on a positive note. Uh, let's see. Um, I mean, you know, it, it was, it was neat. Like, so it felt like it was kind of, you know, out of nowhere, right? It, it, it didn't really work. It obviously wasn't the best episode of the season, clearly. But uh, I, I did like the whole mystery bit where Cisco outsmarted Echo. Like, I thought that was kind of neat with the hologram. Mm. And uh, especially the the gun uh, triggering a force field. I thought that was that was super interesting because I was curious as to how Cisco would face that situation where he could straight up murk the guy. Uh, and he and he didn't. He found another way around it. So, um, yeah, that part was interesting. Um, Cisco's reaction to the situation that he was placed in. Uh, I, I, I thought that was cool, like how he thought around it and didn't use Barry and, you know, uh, made the right decisions himself. But I didn't like the fact that they killed Breacher or uh, a Gypsy. I didn't like... Um, you know, uh, yeah, it, it was just it was just weird, but like it was nice for Cisco. Cisco had some cool moments in it, and it it, it was a it was an interesting growth opportunity for Cisco, which I don't think Cisco needs to grow too much because it's you know season. I mean, six. he's been growing, yeah, for for six years. So, <laughs> all right, well, there you go. Um, look, maybe this was your favorite episode, and if it was, by all means, please share with us why you feel that way, so that you can convince us. Because I I enjoy the show more than I dislike the show, and this was just not one that was, you know, they're not all going to be winners, and this certainly wasn't. But I will say this: oh, this was one thing I should have mentioned this because I mean we never even touched on the the Caitlin. Uh, and Bloodworks moments in here, but those are really solid. Like it was nice to see Caitlin again, which is, uh, I think the way they're doing for like having frost is kind of the main uh, focus of that character. Um, bravo for that. Uh, bringing Caitlin in is kind of like an, an attempt to connect with Ramsey on a human level, you know, for them to kind of pull back the, the villain and, and try to, to, to speak to his human side with what is little, like what is left there. I thought that Bloodwork looked incredible. I love his transformation and the way that we're seeing that, uh, come to be. I think that, you know, the intensity there, just the look, the dynamic that he has with everybody is, is really fantastic. And I'm enjoying blood work, man. I think, um, you know, as we kind of build to crisis, I think blood work makes for a fun, uh, mon- monstrous esque character to deal with behind the scenes. You know, he's not a, he's not a megalomaniac per se. He's not, you know, uh, he wants to stop death. That's kind of megalomania. Well, what I mean is he's not trying to like, he, he doesn't, he doesn't have like this intricate scheme, uh, you know, like Eobard, he's not trying to necessarily like control or dominate the world. Like the thinker, like he's, he's very kind of got his own thing going on. And, um, you know, he's, it's, it's, he's, he's a bit more ambitious than Cicada from last year, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm digging it. I think he, he works for this, uh, for this half of the season. And, um, yeah. yeah. And it sets up an interesting dynamic because, you know, he I, I'm curious as to how she would join him uh, if it would be a thing where it's like maybe he's controlled the zombie aspect of his powers to where uh, they'd be more like, you know, drones uh, like they, they, they kind of retain their autonomy and their intellect and whatnot, but he can utilize them and control them and stuff. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how he. You know, because you said next time we meet, it won't be a choice. And so that's going to be an interesting uh, setup for, for some later confrontations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. So good stuff. That was good. Enjoyed that. Um, and uh, yes. But look, man, all of this is, uh, as you mentioned, the whole the whole Nash story was to kind of lead up to the fact that he has been following the monitor and now the team knows that he's following the monitor and he thinks he knows a way to save Barry. And that's going to bring us to this week's The Road to Crisis! 
right, I want to attack this from two different ways. The first is to address stuff from the episode and kind of speculate and then kind of move into stuff that happened outside the episode with kind of a spoiler warning at that time. But so normally we would kind of send you away, but stick around with this and I'll give you a spoiler warning before we jump into to some other stuff. Uh, this is pure speculation here. Bell, what yes. do you think about Nash going after the monitor? Is is Nash actually Nash Wells or could he actually be Pariah and not just a uh, another multiverse Wells as uh, Karen points out in the chat right now? Well, it is interesting that he goes by the name Nash. Uh, no other Wells has done that. Oh, they all have got like a middle, a weird middle name. Sure, but like, what would be his end game as Nash if he was Nash and not Pariah? Well, Why go so, after the Monitor? Because he wants to try and convince the Monitor to, you know, or, or, or find a way to stop the multiverse collapse? Like what? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, I mean, if, if we if we take him at his word that he's kind of a, you know, somebody who traverses the multiverse, um, you know, as kind of this adventurer, swashbuckler type of character then he would have been one of the first people to be aware of this crisis that's coming because Earths that he's been to no longer exist. He can't access them anymore. And so it's likely that he could be trying to uncover the reason for it. And at this point in his story, he already has figured out it's the monitor. And for whatever reason, the monitor's on Earth 1. And so he's trying to go and, and get to the source of the problem, which he may believe to be the monitor. Um, I think I think both are possible. I think he could end up being Pariah. And I think he we could also take him at his you know, at his word at face value here. Um, I, I do think though, that it's a good bet that the wells that we're dealing with will be pariah, uh, instead of another wells showing up to be pariah. So I, I, I definitely think that is very likely, but well, I don't see any reason why not to take him for his word at this point. Yeah. I mean, I mean, could it be a thing where, uh, he is not pariah yet and y'all who become like, like maybe, maybe, maybe that's why he's trying to find the monitor, uh, is, is so that, uh, I mean, cause I, I'm not too familiar with pariah from the comics, but from what I understand, uh, he was given the ability to like bounce between worlds by the monitor. Uh, man, it's been a while. Because like, because like the anti monitor, the anti monitor found his his uh, his Earth and destroyed it, and then the monitor gave him the ability to travel from Earth to another. Um, was that a Harbinger or was that Pariah? I thought that was Pariah, and maybe it is Pariah. But for whatever reason, I don't know. I here's the thing: the question is, is he lying or not? I'm going to go ahead and say that I think what's going to happen is he will become Pariah. He is not Pariah yet. He will become Pariah. He's trying to find the monitor, maybe to uh, 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 find out how he can help prevent his world from being destroyed. And then the monitor is going to be like, all right, cool. You're Pariah. All right. So uh, this is uh, this is courtesy of Karen. So Pariah, uh, unorthodox experiments to view the creation of the universe resulted in the anti-monitor learning of the existence of Earth and destroying the waves of antimatter. Uh, he survived through the intentions of the any, uh, any monitors, but benevolent counterpart, the monitor. So the idea was the monitor saved uh, Pariah, but Pariah is the reason for which the any monitor came to uh, to start wiping, wiping some stuff out. Um, so who knows? I just I think that I think we're just dealing with the same person, but I don't think it's a lie. I don't think that we're like, I don't think it's going to be a bait and switch situation. OK. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, OK, so there's that. I think that's the only thing we could talk about without getting into spoilers. So the, I should mention we're about to talk about arrow and what happened on arrow this week. A lot of what's been going on, the road to crisis really has been happening pretty hardcore over on arrow. And so if you've not watched this week's arrow and you'd still plan on it, uh, this would be a good time to, uh, to drop out and we will see y'all next week. All right, bell. Did you watch arrow? No, I hadn't seen any of the other episodes, so I, but I, I feel like I have to now. I have to watch everything. I have to see that's the up. thing I skipped last week and I was like, y'all let me know. And then, you know, we got the, uh, the download from the doctor and I was like, okay, well, I, <laughs> I need to, all right, I can't skip arrow once at all for the remainder of the series. <laughs> like I'm going to have to watch every single time. And it's really not bad because honestly, while this episode of flash was kind of weak, this is a pretty strong episode of arrow, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's, it's been, uh, it's been pretty good. I mean, again, they're playing in our backyard. Like literally they got, they got, <laughs> they got arrows, future daughter hanging out in the present. So just <laughs> Nora from last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so the future kids, uh, you know, we mentioned this last year, but, uh, our last episode rather that, 
Um, you know, the, the flash forward storyline that, you know, we're, we're following two things. We're following Oliver's story as he's going on and being kind of an errand boy for the monitor. We're also following the tale of his kids in the future. Um, and then at the end of last week's episode, the monitor essentially kind of brought them together and brought the kids to the present. And so in this episode, we, we really kind of saw the, the, I guess the, the outcome of that scenario and, and, you know, Oliver getting a chance to meet his, his son and his daughter. And again, like, I love that kind of stuff that speaks to where I live. I love it. So I'm all, I'm all for those story arcs. I enjoyed the episode, but there are some interesting things going over there. One, as it relates to time travel and the other, as it relates to crisis. So first time travel in the episode, they do things in the present, which take out their future. Like essentially they, they wipe out the, uh, the future of these kids or not necessarily their existence, but basically they should not be here because they're now from a timeline that does not exist. And what we've seen over on flash bell is when that occurs, generally speaking at some point, sometimes it takes time, but it will eventually erase the person and the present who's from that alternate future. Once the timeline catches up with them. Yes. Yes. Okay. That, that did not happen, and I have a very strong feeling that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing, though, is the monitor brought them to the past, correct? Right, right. So that's, that's, that is a completely different scenario than Nora's fate. Yeah. So, all right, this was my line of thinking as well. Like, perhaps since this is not time travel as connected through the Speed Force, um, but instead like a like a deity-like being, like placing them out of time and putting them on Earth. I mean, this is somebody that can rewrite reality. Theoretically speaking, they could be in the present, like forever. Yeah, I think I think they are in the yeah. Like that that is their timeline is gone. They were removed from that timeline and placed in the past, which is now their current present. How does how does Legends? deal with this because they've gone both ways yeah so the way it happens in legends uh and, th- and this happened actually at the end of last season where it was basically um gosh zari's character um got the wind totem from her brother who was killed by the, the like the crazy anti-meta government in uh 2049 i think it was right and so she joined them in 2049 with the amulet uh that she got from her brother well, at the end of this season, they went back in time and, uh, you know, through shenanigans and stuff like that uh, with uh, Neuron, uh, it basically, they did so much in the past to uh, negate people's fear of metahumans that that timeline couldn't possibly exist. Um, so what that did was that caused Zari to turn into her brother and no one on the legends was any wiser. So she's sitting there and she's like, I'm about to go. And then it, like it, it cuts away and her, the next scene, she is now her brother who has always been on the legends, uh, as right. Zari. Right. So, easy, so it easy just, way like, to she just, somebody. <laughs> yeah. So she, th- that version of her doesn't exist anymore and just kind of poofed into her brother. Okay. Um, and I mean, you've, you've explained that before, but I just, I didn't know if, so, so this isn't legends rules and it's not flash rules. This is, well, no, I feel like, I feel like it's flash rules. Like it's, it, it was, um, it's not though. Cause like they, she would, they, these kids would be erased eventually at the least. And we know that they're getting a spinoff show. So we know they can't be erased. Right. But, but Zari was erased effectively because she, uh, she was erased and her brother came out and was the one that was on the team the whole time. Like, so she has never been on the team. She was erased from the history of the legends. Yeah. But these kids aren't being erased, right? Because the monitor, the monitor pulled them from time and placed them in the past. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, so we're dealing with like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're dealing with kind of its own, its own thing. Like it's not, it's, it's not, when I say flash rules, I mean like literally like speed force rules, not, not necessarily like what we're seeing right now on the flash. Cause I think what we're seeing right now on or rather arrow is we're dealing with monitor rules and monitor rules means there are no rules. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. It, it's the, the monitor has, uh, if we were playing by flash rules, yes, they would have disappeared, but we aren't because the monitor pulled them out of the future and put them in the past because that's part of his plan and he has the ability to do so. Right. So yeah, I, I think that's, that's what we're playing with here. Okay. So onto that, point uh arrow concludes bell with uh laurel from earth two of course we saw a couple weeks ago that earth two was eradicated 
meeting up with the monitor and the monitor basically telling her, Hey, uh, I will restore your earth, but to do that, you have to betray Oliver Queen. And this is kind of like, a because of course we know that, you know, the monitor has been working with Oliver rather Oliver has been working with the, the monitor. So it would seem relatively out of character for him to ask Laurel to do this. Now there's a lot of speculation as to why the monitor would have her do this, but I'm just going to throw this out here. I don't think that was the monitor that she was talking to because in this episode of arrow, we also were first introduced to the anti monitor. Uh, the league of assassins had a scroll and it showed the dude and the dude was the anti monitor. And so I think, and I could be wrong, but I think this is our first sighting of the character in some form or fashion. Uh, so it would make sense that when the monitor shows up, it's perhaps the anti monitor in disguise. Uh, See, that's the thing is like, would the anti-monitor disguise himself? I think so. I think if he's trying to kind of mess with what's going on, it's definitely a possibility. Now, here's my thing, because he promises or he makes this deal with Laurel that he'll restore her Earth, which is something that I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not that's even like possible, you know? I wouldn't think it's possible for the monitor or the anti-monitor. To do exactly. That. So I'm thinking, A, it's a lie. And and B, is it a lie? <laughs> you know well, like, so, so the anti-monitor, what's he going to do? He's going to like, you know, make an anti-matter version of Earth 2? How's well, that going to help Laurel? She's just going to touch the ground and immediately explode. <laughs> well, she might not know that, but... <laughs> well, hey, maybe that's part of the deal, you know? <laughs> what, what, of, what of crisis is permadeath? I guess that's that's kind of my question. Because, like, you know, we, we are set to end things in December, on December 10th, with a mid-season hiatus that takes place right smack dab in the middle of crisis. And one imagines that Earths will die as part of that, that jump, right? Like, as part of the... Um, or they'll the be, hiatus. like, harbingered together. I think that some Earths will merge together and, you know, possibly all the Earths will to some extent merge together. I doubt that, though. So, I mean, like, will... Huh. I got, all right, so first question. Do you think that we will see Earths die as part of Crisis? Or, are, or do you think that the Earths dying are what we're seeing now and Crisis is going to be the fight to stop it? I think we will see an end to uh, the worlds where uh, maybe some of the properties that DC, I don't know. So like, like Huntress and, um, you know, I'm trying to think of Batman uh, 66. Batman, uh, so you, but probably, see, you think they're going to wipe out Batman 66? I mean, that, that earth, like it, it, the, the show's still around. I mean, like you can watch Adam. Yeah, I mean, Batman. there's no more stories to tell there. That's fine. All right. Fair point. 66. I can see actually going up in smoke, but but they are not, they're not knocking out Smallville. They just, they can't, Bell. They can't, they can't, they can't, they can't. I mean, but why, like, this, there's no more stories to tell there. I mean, why, okay. No, that's not true. They got a comic book. They've got a comic book. They don't have a going. show is what I'm saying. There's, there is no Smallville show. They are not making more episodes of Smallville. Smallville All is All of a, those people that are not in federal prison are in good health <laughs> and good condition and able and willing to come back. They are not, they can't, they, they won't, they, they can't, Bell. Sure. Like, I, I mean, it's. I think any like like Titans gonna stay around. Well, uh, that yeah. is not confirmed. Like this, then, and you know, this is something that we we've discussed obviously in the past. But but Titans and the DC universe properties have not been confirmed. And to some extent, it almost at the moment anyway feels like they are the most secure. And almost everybody that's been mentioned is potentially not secure because they they now. You know, if they can wipe out Earth 2, they could theoretically wipe out any of these Earths. Now, if, you know, Monitor, Anti-Monitor, whoever this person is, comes around and they're like, oh, I can bring him back, that that seems to remove the, you know, the concern here, which which is why I think it's a lie. Because killing off, I mean, we've talked about it before, but killing off Earth 2 is like, that was a big power play to let us know that, you know, that, that Earths will actually die. There will be consequences here. That freaking Jesse... And Harrison, or that Harry, you know, the the Grod's folks, not Grod himself, because he's on our Earth, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I want, I, I, I feel like if they're going to destroy Earths, it's going to be Earths of shows that are no longer on the air. 
because I feel like that's the easiest thing for them to do. Uh, like you're not going to sit there unless unless they just want to come well, up they can and say give us some news new earths as well. I mean, I think they've they at this point I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. They've confirmed that we will see doppelgangers of pretty much all of the main characters right now. So we will see a Barry Allen that's not uh, ships Barry Allen that is Grant's Barry Allen, but a Barry Allen from another Earth. Um, and you know, theoretically, yeah, those we'll those are toasts. Yeah, exactly. Any basically, if it's a doppelganger of somebody that we know from Earth One, you know, their Earth is is gone. Yeah, um, like I, I feel like I feel like what's going to happen is we're going to have a consolidation of the CW verse Earths. So Supergirl uh, and, uh, uh, well, I guess Batwoman and Flash and Arrow are all on the same Earth. But Supergirl, Batwoman, Flash, Arrow, all going to be on the same Earth. Uh, granted, Arrow's going to be canceled, but, you know, or not canceled, but end. Um, so that's going to be a consolidation there. And maybe there's going to be a thing where it's like, you can't save them all, but we can do this. And we can, and, and by this, I mean, we can merge Earths down. So it's like... Well, let's 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 do what we can, and we'll save these, and we'll merge these, and then that's that's what we're going to have. And so, so if we see, you know, um, which I don't even know if we'll see Titans on there. Like you said, it's not confirmed. Uh, if we see them, that'll be an Earth that they save, and then every everything else in the CW verse is going to be merged down, like Black Lightning. I'm not sure which Earth they're on. They're on their own. So then, definitely Black Lightning is going to be merged down. I think all this is going to be merged down into a same Earth. For potential, you know, in the future for like Justice League stuff or something like that. That that's that's kind of how I feel they're going to go with it. They're gonna they're gonna make it so that there's uh it's it's less confusing on the Flash to have all these different herbs. So they're just gonna like get rid of them all and merge all their characters down. And maybe we won't even see any uh and, and like the, the the what we have confirmed like with uh, with Burt Ward and uh you know Kevin Conroy and all this kind of stuff. Those are going to be other herbs that are that are destroyed. Um, so I think, huh. The confirmation that the Earths that are going to, to survive are going to be merged. The Earths that aren't going to survive are the ones that we have confirmations for that aren't current CW properties. I just don't know. I don't know. There's just a big question mark up in the air. Um, and I'm not sure what I believe and what I just want to believe. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, I, I just I, re- I really feel like that's how they're, that's how they're going to do it is they're they're going to they're bringing in all these people because it's going to be awesome to see them and you know stuff fans have been wanting for a long time you know uh, we'll we'll see that these universes did exist but they do not anymore because there has to be stakes for this there has to be consequences yes. yeah. and I feel like that's a that's a great way to do that is take properties that you don't actively have shows for anymore uh, have a little wink and a nod to them and then destroy them. <laughs> Just, just knock them off the table. Like just line just, up all, yeah. the, all the collectibles and then just knock like, oh, look how pretty. Wapoosh. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think any current DC show is going to be safe. Um, Addictive. Well, I, I mean, like that. That's how do you, how else do you do you make it have gravity and weight? If, if it's like, oh, no, no I agree. Fine. But that's what I, that's what I'm saying. They've already done that with Earth, too. But all right. So back but back to the point here, like because this is really the question more than anything else. Is it possible, be it through the monitor, anti-monitor, or an act of God? Like, like, is it possible for an Earth to come back? If the monitor has the ability to place a like future characters, uh, a people, out of their timeline, bring them to the present for them to eradicate the original timeline they're from and yet still maintain existence separate from that timeline. If he has that ability, can he bring back Earth too? Or is he just straight up lying whoever he is? I feel like perhaps that it is the anti-monitor and that whatever air, uh, uh, um, Oliver is doing with the monitor is, is an attempt to thwart the anti-monitor. So that's why he, that, that's why there'd be a motive there for her to betray her. Right. Like, I don't think he can bring back anything because like hmm. he, he's just this anti-matter source that destroys worlds. Like what his, his purpose is to destroy the anti-monitor's purpose is to like, prevent him from destroying i don't think necessarily to create but to prevent him from destroying right like that's that's their goal that's their like cosmic battle that they fight and so i don't think because because why wouldn't the why wouldn't the monitor just create a bunch of new eras that from the ones that get destroyed like just just create errors all the time like what's the big deal i i feel like it's his job to stop him uh yeah. the monitor's job to stop the anti-monitor and so i feel like maybe it's the anti-monitor who was making the deal with laurel uh because whatever Oliver is doing with the monitor, it might be enough to stop him. I don't know. 
No, I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. If 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 he is able to bring it back, if if he was able to bring it back, it would totally remove the stakes. I don't think he's able to bring it back. I think it's a bluff. Um, whoever he is, I think he's bluff. Hey guys, this is Chad Rogan, and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man, we got some uh, great listener feedback this week. Uh, this first one's coming in from Meg on Twitter. Shout out to Meg. I think she's also in the uh, live, ch- live chat. What did Meg have to say? Personally, I think it's a test for Laurel. The monitor is looking for worthy superheroes. If Laurel turns on her friend and the monitor's chosen one in his eyes, that will make her unworthy. Ooh. Just my initial reaction to that scene. Actually, that's, that, that's a fairly good point. That uh, is it, a good theory right there. Yeah, it, it could be a test. That's actually uh, something I didn't think about because he's been testing superheroes. Like the, the crossover last season, he was testing superheroes to try to find the best. And, and all, so far, all of them failed, right? So yes, this could be a test um, that Laurel may fail. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's, actually, that's actually kind of interesting. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Meg. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Um, okay, so yeah, that that actually does make a lot of sense. I, I I'd buy it. I'd buy it. Um, all right, next one, Bell. This one's uh, <laughs> I did not copy this. This does come from Twitter, but I'm so, I'm very sorry. I don't think I got, actually got the uh, the Twitter name on here. Uh, this was a response to the 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 quick hot take I had from this week's episode of The Flash. By the way, uh, if you were not aware, every single episode of The Flash that I've been uh, doing, you know, live tweeting. Uh, I guess up until the, the the next couple of weeks here, uh, generally I jump right on afterwards and kind of record a short video with uh, like some immediate thoughts on the episode. So if that's something you're interested in, be sure to check our Twitter handle on that one. But uh, what, what was the comment here? Completely agree on all points. Uh, worst episode of the season, which is a shame because I like all the characters they focused on. Cisco, Nash, Joe. Uh, and over under uh, 15 <laughs> times the word faith was said tonight. Uh, that That is exactly why, exactly why I said in the description uh <laughs> breacher apologizes to cisco for not having faith in him i had to throw the word faith in there because that word was said more than any other word this episode and so <laughs> like clearly they're trying to drive the point here uh that this episode was all about faith in people uh and having faith in something and um yeah but yeah, definitely worst of the season. I'm maintaining only... my faith in the writers regardless of... Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Again, you know, not everything can be a winner. And, and so, you know, this one we had to kind of, you know, take a break and um, do some stuff like killing fan favorite characters. Yeah, apparently. All right, man, dropped out to the iTunes review. Who did we get on uh, iTunes? All right, this is from PQ Higgins, again on iTunes. Best podcast ever. These guys are utterly fantastic, and I highly recommend this podcast to any fan of the show. Keep it up, guys. Well, thank you, PQ Higgins. I really appreciate that. We, yeah. we, love, we love doing this for you guys because it's fun. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, tell your friends about this show. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, by the way, if you enjoy this show and want to help make it happen, head over to patreon.com slash tvtalk. Great rewards for those that do. Uh, also, you can keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow me. I'm at the Real Bo York. You can follow Bell at Ring That Bell, or the Twitter handle is at Flash TV Talk. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y.com. Join us live every single week over at facebook.com slash flash TV Talk for the live show as well. We'd love to have you here. Again, that's facebook.com slash flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides music for our show. You can check out the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. I got five on it. No, that's not. That's, <laughs> um, what right. if Charlie actually did that remix? That would be <laughs> that awesome. That would be amazing. That'd Charlie, be do a remix of, of five on it. That'd be great. Look, we want to thank y'all so much for tuning in. Uh, hey, you know what? This was a, this was a low point for the season, but I got faith. I got faith in the next week's episode. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a blast, a lot of fun, uh, a goofy one, but I think that's that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, don't worry, we'll be back in a flash.
right. So I mentioned at the top of the show, I was going to share a little bit about this play that I've been working on. Um, Bell, you've read it, sort of. I have. And it was very interesting. Yeah. So immersive theater. Are you familiar with this? I, I, not until you told me about it. It's it's very much kind of an emerging space right now, which is what I love, man. I love I love emerging media. Um, you know, we I've, I've been in podcasting before podcasting was podcast. That's not true. It was still called podcasting. But before I was I was a pre serial podcaster. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I I got in on the ground floor with you with that for like an episode or two. Exactly. I love media that's kind of finding its its foothold and and that sort of thing. And immersive theater is. Man, you know, if, if podcasting is the wild west of radio, like immersive theater is the wild west of, of I guess, theater. I mean, it's it's a different way to interact with a story because literally in many instances you get a chance as an audience member to interact with the story. Um, you know, I, I was just in Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago going to an immersive play that was uh, going on there called Project Amelia where the the premise was like you were at this product launch WWDC-esque type thing and there was an AI and all this different deal. And and like I, I went through and I talked to a lot of the different characters. They all had their various backstories and, you know, even the, uh, the AI robot character, I would go up and kind of ask her questions and they actually had all of us wired up with little fobs. So they knew data about us as we were passing through different rooms. And so like I was greeted as Bo from Houston. You know what I mean? Like they, they knew who I was before I walked into a room and it was really, really interestingly done. But anyway, so all that's to say, Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go. Oh no. I, I was gonna say like, uh, uh, my, my friend Amy does reviews for broadcast or Broadway world, uh, uh which they do, you know, uh, reviews of, of musicals and plays and things like that. And there was one performance that they went to where, um, uh, she and her husband and it was, it, it sounds similar it's something like where you go in and like you have to give your cell phone number when you go in. Uh, it, it's one. It's one of the the. Uh, uh, it's in the you know the the ticket purchase right. It's like you agree yeah. to give your your cell phone information, whatever. Because what they would do is they would send text to people during the show and have them read the text out. <laughs> well, so this is a little bit different from that. Like the the data aspect was something that was unique to this particular narrative. What really made it an immersive play is the fact that you could interact with the characters that you yourself was essentially cast as an audience member. Uh, and, uh, that particular one, you know, they had like nine different endings, um, as opposed to something like sleep no more, which is in New York, which is like takes place over five different floors of this one hotel building. And you can choose to follow around different characters or, or kind of explore the space. It's, it's really kind of up to you. And so the idea is giving the audience agency on how they interact with the content or with the play. And so, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I've, I've been actually, I've worked on this thing. I've written it, uh, working on writing it for the last, um, I guess over two years now and just, uh, finished it a few months ago. And, uh, as I mentioned, we've got a, we've, we now have a director, we've got a, a cast, a fantastic cast, fantastic director, and, uh, hoping to get funded so that we can really do this in a, in a, you know, the way that we want to, which is essentially to build out a set that you can kind of wander around and like literally walk down the street of this kind of Western road and, um, you know, walk into the saloon and walk into this church and, and find these kind of like, you know, hidden corridors and, and that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a big concept. I don't know if it'll work or not. I, I think it would work. I don't know if we'll be able to get the money or not, <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I've been working on. Um, Can so I be yeah. in it? Uh, you could, you could definitely audition. We've got our cast for our workshop, which is technically a prequel. The, the, the play that we're building towards is called Midnight High. And right now we've kind of put together a smaller, much smaller version of it called A Night at the Oxhead, uh, which takes place at, uh, at the Oxhead Saloon and kind of the surrounding area and uh, has, has five main characters and a handful of extras. And you kind of go in this one night as, uh, yeah, as, as kind of a, a patron here at the Oxhead Saloon and kind of get to get to know these characters and meet them and talk to them and you know, whichever character you choose to talk to or whether or not you choose to talk to all of them is totally the choice of the audience. And, uh, yeah, events play out. Somebody shows up, things happen and uh, some stuff goes down. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it all goes, but yeah, I just didn't know if anybody was interested in that, but I thought I'd share it. Sounds pretty neat. Yeah. So if you're, if you are interested though, follow me on Twitter, I'll be posting out some stuff as we get closer to release, uh, at the real Bo York, uh, is me. But, um, and if, um, yeah, if, if you're from the theater world and, especially if you've got any kind of experience in immersive, uh, I would love thoughts and feedback. So just reach out to me. My DMS are open. Uh, cause I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm a little out of my league here. Uh, fortunately it's, it's such a new space that everybody's out of the league, but 
honestly, I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, so yeah, so just DM me and we'll, we'll talk then. All right, that's it. Thanks.